Good morning. How's that mic work? Okay. Morning. So I, for those that know me, I um, spent most of my life in agriculture, and I heard something today that's relevant to what the pastor just said. Now, I took some animal husbandry courses, and this is not rocket science. You guys will get this one, but I was listening to a devotional, and he, and he was talking about the shepherd and the sheep. And you know what he said about sheep? Sheep make more sheep. Shepherds don't make more sheep. So that's, that goes along with the masterpiece process, that we all have a role in making disciples. It's not just the pastor's job. In fact, he's just leading us. So today, I want to talk about a topic, and I'm going to use my phone here if you don't mind, that's near and dear to both Val and my heart. And again, my name is Mark, and this is... I'm Val. <laughs> and the topic is living Jesus out loud. This is not going to be a marriage testimony. We're not going to tell you about how we broke our marriage four years into our marriage, separated two and a half years, and then God restored my life, restored her life, and restored our marriage. We're not going to talk about that. Most of you guys are saying, whew, we've heard that so many times. Not much anyway. <laughs> but it's been our home group Bible study theme for all the times that we've been in home groups since our marriage has been restored in Indiana, in Washington, and here in Kauai. That theme is living Jesus out loud, and it's really prompted by a question that we all should be asking ourselves, even with regard to our rooted reading, and that is, what is God doing in your life today? We serve a living God, so he is active in our lives. So we ask that question at our home groups to get people to think and to, to be able to share what God is doing, or like in our rooted Bible reading, what is he saying to you in this life? In uh, this past week rooted reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about our lives being a letter written by Jesus. Our lives in Jesus have the ability to communicate what Jesus is all about. People watch, especially here in Kauai, people watch us, don't they? They listen to <laughs> us, they see us do stuff. Our lives are living proof of who Jesus is. So our overall theme for this sermon is let your faith be demonstrated through living your life so others will see and experience Jesus through your life. And ultimately, they'll be drawn to him and into his kingdom. So why shouldn't we just keep our faith private? Well, one of the best reasons that we could discover through the Bible is there are many reasons, but the best reason is because Jesus said so. <laughs> he said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light for the whole world. A city built on the top of a hill cannot be hidden, and no one lights a lamp and puts it under a clay pot. Instead, it is placed on a lampstand where it can give light so everyone in the house can see. Make your light shine so others will see the good you do and will praise your Father in heaven. And we have, we have our light here. And of course, if we hide it, then you can no longer see it. It no longer shines, right? But if we don't hide it, we lift it up. Even in this atmosphere with a whole bunch of light, that light still shines. You can still see it. So the Lord fills us with light. He promises to do that through the Holy Spirit. 
We're supposed to shine, not to hide it. In our rooted Bible reading this week in 2 Corinthians 5 and 6, we are called ambassadors for Christ. We're called partners of the gospel. That is something we need to think about. If we are partnering with God and he's going to fill us with light, we are supposed to shine for others to see. I think of the night sky, and I just love to look at the night sky. If I wasn't a psychologist, if I didn't become a psychologist, I probably would have become an astronomer because I, I just love the planets and the moon. My daddy brought my sister and I a, a moon globe when we were young <laughs> instead of a, a world globe because we were so fascinated with God's awesome creation in the night sky. But what draws your attention? What attracts you? It's the light. It's the moon, the stars, the planets. The light attracts, and that's what we want to do. We want to attract people to the Word of God. I also thought about a flashlight. Well, a flashlight helps us see where we're going, right? Well, that's what the Word of God does. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. So we need to be like flashlights. We need to be like that lamp on the, on the hill and reveal and illuminate who God is. We want to be light in the darkness. Why? Because he said so. Well, what's another reason? What's another reason to live our faith out loud? Do it for you, because that's who you are. You are created in God's image. And just like what pastors said about Ephesians 2.10, we use this also, that God planned us to do good things and to live as he has always wanted us to live. That's why he sent Christ to make us what we are. So it's just being you. Be the light. Be who God created you to be. Be the image of God. Be that image bearer. But there's another reason that you should do it. There's a consequence, an eternal consequence. As Pastor talked about, we should have an eternal focus in our lives in this short time here on earth. And what's the eternal consequence of expressing and living our faith out loud? Well, Jesus talked about it in two different situations. He actually talked about it when we deny him. He said, if you deny me, I'll deny you to angels and to God. In Luke 12, he said, if you tell others that you belong to me, the Son of Man will tell God's angels that you are my followers. But if you reject me, you will be rejected in front of them. And then in Matthew 10, he said, if you tell others you belong to me, I will tell my Father in heaven, you are my followers. But if you reject me, I will tell my Father in heaven, you don't belong to me. That's a pretty good reason, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here's another reason. Did you know that God's reputation is at stake? Think about that. Since we represent him, since we reflect God to a dying world, we want to do it with excellence and integrity. We don't want to be like they call them Sunday Christians, right? They just come to, to school. They just come to church and they soak in whatever they can. And then throughout the, the week, they just push it back and they go about being worldly people. They've got a name for people like that, right? They call people hypocrites. You've heard that. Oh, those hypocrites? Yeah. Well, look at their lives. 
We, want, we don't want to be like that. We really know that God's reputation is at stake when we call ourselves Christians, and we want to live that reputation out loud, well, with excellence. Being genuine. You don't have to be perfect, right? That's why we need a Savior. <laughs> and people need to know that, that it's okay to fail and get back on track. That's okay. In fact, that illustrates God's grace and his mercy to the dying world, and they need to see it. So remember, God's reputation is at stake. That's a good motivator for me. Okay. Well, how on earth do we do this? Give me a break, Mark and Val. Come on, man. <laughs> well, we read our Bible, right? We try to follow the scriptures as best we can. You know, living our faith, living the Bible out in our lives. But sometimes it, it doesn't tell me what to do in the Bible, does it? So as I was working in a cornfield on Molokai one time, I heard Charles Stanley answer that question. Does what you want to do, if it doesn't say it in the Bible, does what you want to do glorify God? Does it demonstrate faith in Jesus? Well, those are good guidelines, aren't they? But we have another helper that God has sent us, the Holy Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit's guidance and his power. And in John 15, I'm sorry, John 14, 25, it says, I have told you these things while I'm still with you, but the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. The Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. So trust and obey the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 5.16, this is the one that I like even more because I, I like simple stuff. If you are guided by the Spirit, you won't obey your selfish desires. In John Bevere's book that we're reading as a staff called The Holy Spirit, he says, as we read God's Word and spend time in prayer, the Spirit reveals God's heart to us. Through His Spirit, we can discover His plans, God's plans, what's best for our lives, and we will be able to enjoy His promised peace. So follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's how we live our lives out loud for Jesus. We want to give you a few examples from our life of listening to the Holy Spirit and how he prompted us and what we ended up doing. So I want to start by letting you know, if you don't know already, that I, in 2008, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a year-long battle. And I can tell you that there were so many miracles that happened along the way. So many that people kept telling me, hey, Val, you got to write about this. This is like unbelievable what God has been doing through you, in you, to you. It's just been extraordinary. Well, the reason I didn't want to write is because I know what my writing is like. I had to do a dissertation, which is a, a pretty, pretty long um, <laughs> pretty, pretty long book, really, um, publishing the research that I did for my doctoral, um, for my PhD. And that was so bad. It was so badly written. It did get published, but I don't want anybody looking it up. I, it stunk is what happened. I mean, it was bad. So I knew that I couldn't write the book. But 
God, right? But the Holy Spirit. So once I said, yes, God, all right, I'll do it, but you're going to have to help me do this. Immediately I knew that the Holy Spirit was at work. See, I started writing this book called Victory Over Cancer, Live As If It Were True, because it is, I started writing it through an outline that I had kept a bunch of people up to date by using email. At that time, that was the, the big communication network. Uh, so I kept everybody posted through that email. So I had an outline. I'd saved all the emails. So I had an outline of some of the things that had happened. Already, the Holy Spirit was at work, even before I, I said yes to him. So in that year-long battle... It was amazing the things that God allowed in my life. And they're all in the book because they happened during that year-long battle. It was incredible. There, was, there were miracles. Like I said, there was prophecy that came true. There were um, people that prayed and, you know, we saw the miracles happen. We also were invited during that year to share our marriage testimony. And Mark has told you we were actually separated two and a half years out of our marriage. Well, not I said months. we're not going to share that, right? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, okay, well, I'm going to share it. And I'm going to say just a, a briefly, we were separated two and a half years out of our marriage, early in our marriage. And it was only by the grace of God that we got back together. And so we were asked to share that testimony at Easter time, and that was during the cancer battle. So guess what got to be put into the book? Because it happened during that time. It was so awesome. It was so amazing. Another thing that happened was I am actually Purdue University's 13th Golden Girl. For those of you who don't know who that is, that is a representative of the university as well as the leader of the All-American Marching Band. At the time, we had 450 marching members. It was so amazing and a, my Miss America dream to be the Golden Girl. Well, for the first time ever, the alumni of the marching band got invited to come back and march alongside the All-American Marching Band at the Indianapolis 500. It was actually celebrating the 90th time they were the official band of the Indy 500. And so we actually got, Mark and I both, got to be a part of that. We got to march in the parade, and we were on the track the day of the race and going around. And the miracle about that is that, I mean, hey, I was just diagnosed with cancer the year before. It was almost a year to the day when we got to go to Indianapolis and do that. And the picture on the front of this book is that day. It's during the Indianapolis 500 parade. And it captured the joy that I had, just amazed at what God had done throughout that entire time. So we've shared this book with countless people since 2011 when it was published. And if you would like to have one of those books, it's a ministry. We don't charge for it. Mark and I give them away. Um, I brought a few books, and you can get it at the back table. If you think that it might help you or help someone in your family, please take one. That's why we do it. That's why we're, they're there. But truly, God has been faithful to share all the testimonies that he allowed me to go through during that year through this book because I listened to the Holy Spirit and said, yes, I will. Okay, I'd like to share a testimony, if you don't mind. You know, a lot of people ask, Mark, how did you get to Kauai? What brought you to Kauai? And I, and I usually say an airplane. Ah, no. It was actually through the parable of the talents. 
So Val and I had moved from Indiana to Washington. We were living in the home that her dad built in the Tri-Cities. And I was teaching biology at a two-year community college. And I, was, I knew what God had gifted me with. And I didn't feel like I was doing what God had created me to do. And so I sought him. I prayed. I read the Bible. I applied for jobs. And I had a job offer in Boise, Idaho. I had a job offer in Chico, California. I could've, we could have easily stayed in Richland, Washington. And I had a job offer on Kauai. And as I prayed and read the Bible, the Holy Spirit prompted me that to stay where you're at was like the man with the one talent, that you're burying it and not using it in its fullest for God's kingdom. And the other two jobs in Idaho and California were like the man with two. But to come to Kauai would be like the man investing all five talents in the Lord. And I knew what that meant because I had been going to Molokai for about 15 years on and off for my job in Indiana. I would go there from anywhere between one and three times a year for a couple weeks. So I knew what it was like to live in the islands. In fact, we had a job offer to move to, Kauai, or to Molokai. And we were so scared because we knew what Molokai was all about. So when the offer came to Kauai, it was the Holy Spirit that prompted me, if you want to be that man that invests all five talents in the Lord, that's where you want to go. And so that's how we ended up here on Kauai in 2004. You'd be amazed at how many times that people ask, what brought you to Kauai? And we're able to give that testimony. That's <laughs> so awesome. Well, I want to tell you about something recent that happened. We celebrated, after being separated two and a half years, we separated at the early intermarriage. We celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that separation and God's grace bringing us back together, we really separate. We really, <laughs> we really celebrate every anniversary. So this anniversary, past June 30th, we went to the North Shore of Kauai. And on June 30th, we got up that morning and we were just talking to each other, praying, remembering our wedding. And we tried to come up with the name of the three songs that we incorporated into the wedding ceremony. And we ended up remembering them. And I am so grateful that the Holy Spirit prompted us to remember those. Because here are the three songs. This is the day, wedding song by Scott Wesley Brown. Wedding song, There is Love by Paul Stuckey. Those two are pretty common, I think, but this one is probably not as common. That's the Way by Alan Jackson. That's now, a country and western kind of song. Yeah, it's really cool. We noticed as we were listening to those on YouTube that the gospel and the message to testify, tell people about your love and where it comes from, the Lord Jesus, was embedded in those songs which were embedded in our wedding which were embedded in our lives. So when we were separated those two and a half years, God never let us go. He never let us go. He kept bringing us back to those songs, kept bringing us back to that message of the gospel and what we promised to him and to one another. That in and of itself would have been enough, but there's more, you guys. This is amazing. We ended up going to dinner at a wonderful restaurant there. And as we were sitting, waiting to be seated, we told the Mater D why we were there. We were there to celebrate our 32nd wedding anniversary. And that led to witnessing and telling her the story of two and a half years separating and getting back together. 
That was step one. Step two, we got seated. We went to our table, and the server came, took our, our orders, and then it was quite a while, and so we thought, well, let's pull up one of the songs. So we pulled up the song, That's the Way, by Alan Jackson. Now, the server came over during the song, and she said, what's that? We got to witness to her, too. So I want to read to you some of the words of the song. Pastor, you're not the only crier in the room. <sighs> I haven't made it through without bawling as we were practicing. All right, so that's the way. Here are the lyrics, some of the lyrics. Okay. With this ring I thee wed, and I give to you my life. Mine is yours, yours is mine, and we can live that way forever. With this kiss we will seal that we now are man and wife, two in one, one in two. That's the way it's got to be. With this love we can live, we can't keep it to ourselves. He is mine, he is yours, and we can live our lives in telling. I give my heart, I give my soul, I give you all my worldly goods, two in one, one in two. That's the way it's got to be. And the bridge says, I will cling to you, you will cling to me, and in the shadow of the cross, we'll live on bended knee. And it ends with, with this prayer I commit that we both become as one, he in us and we in him, saying vows to one another, hold them fast in your heart till the day we see the sun. <laughs> two in one, one in two. That's the way it's got to be. That's the song that this server noticed that we were listening to. And she heard the testimony of being two and a half years separated out of 32 years and God's grace bringing us back together. That's not all, you guys. So then we paid the bill and we were ready to leave. And we listened. And it was playing. The song was playing on the loudspeaker. <laughs> And we're like, oh my gosh, that's our song. And she said, yes, yeah, it's, it's your song. I wanted you, to, I wanted you to have it. And I wanted the people to know here about your testimony. So I played, I found it. And it's a little known song, you guys. He pl she played it. And we couldn't believe it. And we said, thank you so much. And she said, no, thank you. Thank you for testifying. It touched me so much that that's why I wanted to put that. Those words were going out to the whole restaurant. Everybody in the restaurant was hearing the gospel and the message of living Jesus out loud. But that's not all. Then we went by the, the Mater D on the way out. And this touched me the most of everything, I think. And we said, thank you so much. And she said, no, thank you. You've given me hope. You're giving me hope. What more do we want to do? What more do we want to do as Christians than to give people hope? We're so grateful that the Holy Spirit prompted us to remember those songs and to testify and witness to these people. Thank you, Val. Amen. To God be the glory. I got one more testimony because I want to share this with you. Yeah, amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So um, five years after I moved here, I was faced with a decision about my job, 
um, whether I should stay, leave, or go back to Indiana. And, you know, this is a, you know, for me, this is a huge decision. Career stuff is, is big for me. So, again, I went to the Lord and, and had been praying. And on my 50th birthday, Val and I went out to Polahali Beach to celebrate, to watch the sunset and the moon rise. And at that time, I had no idea that shooting stars were prevalent at Polahali. So I'm on the beach waiting for all these things to happen, for the sun to set and the moon to rise. And I'm praying to God. I'm really anxious. I'm uncertain about my future. What should I do, Lord? Should I stay? Should I take another job that's being advertised? Or should I move back to Indiana or what? And as I was praying, I said, Lord, I need a sign. Give me a sign, Lord. And then all of a sudden it came upon me. I'm going to ask him for a shooting star. If I don't see any shooting stars, I'm going to stay at my job. If I give me one shooting star, I'll apply to this job in Kauai. If I get two shooting stars, I'll go back to Indiana where they've held my job open for five years. They wanted me to come back. And I told Val, Val, I was just praying to the Lord. And this is what I asked him to give me a sign. And it wasn't long after that, I see a shooting star. Okay, I'm going to apply for that job. Two shooting stars. Oh, okay, I guess we're moving back to Indiana. Three shooting stars. Four shooting stars. Five. I go, oh, my goodness, what does that mean? <laughs> Come on, Lord, give me a break. And so uh, he revealed to me through the Holy Spirit that I've got such a hard head and a stubborn heart that I needed that one message five times for me to get it. So I finally interpreted that. I applied for the job. A couple weeks later, I got a job offer. Guess who's got buyer's remorse? Oh, should I take the job offer? I can still stay at the job. It's not too late, Lord. What do you want me to do? Now, two weeks later, we're in Waikiki for some medical uh, visitations for Val. And I'm telling Val, should I really do this? Or what does God want me to do? And she says, ask him for another sign. Throw out the fleece again. Yeah. So I said, okay. I'm going to ask him for another shooting star. This time it's a lot harder because, you know, you have the city lights in Waikiki. You've got the, it was cloudy. I was like, there's no way. But I'm going to ask, Lord, if you want me to take that job, show me a shooting star. And as we're sitting in the pool on the top of our hotel, all of a sudden we see this bottle rocket go off. As I asked him, <laughs> unbelievable. And so... I applied for that job, and, or actually I, I had already applied, and I took that job. But that's how God has led me to where at least I was at that time, and that's how God can lead us. Yep, thank you. It's probably the only way we would have seen, uh, you know, a shooting star was through an artificial, you know, rocket, because there's no way we, could, we couldn't see the stars. So it, was so it was such a miracle. It was so funny. All right. I want to end the testimonies by talking about someone very special to Kauai Bible Church. Auntie Eileen Miyasato is a beautiful example of living Jesus out loud and has been her entire life. Those of you who know her know that she introduces herself as Eileen, you know, like Eileen on Jesus. <laughs> 48 years ago, Eileen and Barry, her husband, came from Oahu over to Kauai because the pastor at the time asked them if they would like to come and accompany him and help with the church, which was just in its infancy at that time, about two years old. And they said yes, without hesitation. 
and they picked up and they brought their children without jobs, without schools, without anything because the Holy Spirit prompted them. They truly are faithful witnesses in listening to the Holy Spirit so they could live Jesus out loud. Now, I'm going to share my experience with Eileen, and probably a lot of you have the same experience. Well, when we first got here at Kauai Bible Church, she was probably one of the people that most made me feel welcome. Yeah, she gave me her phone number, said if I needed anything, go ahead and call her. She made me feel at home, like part of the family at Kauai Bible Church. She has poured into the children over the last 50 years, or four, I guess 40 years, 48 years, like you can't believe. She's been our longest standing children's minister, I believe. She's involved in everything. I mean, every time we have an event, Barry and Eileen are there. And she's involved, she tries everything. I have this image of her when we were out on our new property and we had this slippery side. And I was, I was nervous to go down this thing because it was pretty long. I have an image of Auntie Eileen at the top coming down. <laughs> and she looked so adorable. And she made it down and, you know, it was great. She said it was awesome. <laughs> Another thing about Auntie Eileen, how she lives her life out loud for Jesus her business over all these years has been a sewing ministry, a, a sewing business. But she uses that business as a ministry. Those of you who have taken, um, who have been students of her classes, because she has classes, know that she witnesses and testifies in the classes. She shares her life. And she encourages them, the students, to share their lives with her. I can't tell you how many people I've seen her bring from her classes to Kauai Bible Church. She truly has been a minister and used that as a ministry. Their home is amazing. I mean, you walk in the door and there's signs of Jesus everywhere. You know, even in the bathroom, God is in control. You know, footprints in the sand, picture and scripture. I mean, it's just every, you can't escape it. If you, if you don't believe in the Lord, boy, by the time you leave that place, I think those seeds are definitely planted because of how she has turned that into a very strong ministry. And she and Barry created something that is we know as a track, right? Where we it's a tool that we use for evangelism. And it shows essentially tells someone how they can pray and uh, come to the Lord, believe in Jesus. Well, they put it in the local language called Pigeon English. How to get to heaven from Hawaii, Pigeon English style. It's so cool. And we actually put a bunch of them back there if you're interested in taking those and using those. I can tell you from experience that if you ask somebody if they want the track, you can tell them what it is. But tell them it's in Pigeon English and they're interested. It's very rare that someone says no. It's such a, such a cool tool. We, we just love it. And we use it at the Church in the Beach Outreach, which Mark and I are wearing our Church in the Beach Outreach today. It's a, it just happened to be Church in the Beach Outreach Day. We wouldn't have planned it the same day as our sermon. But afterwards, we're going to go out and we're going to minister to some of the um, poor in uh, on Kauai, those who might need our help. And in every bag of food and supplies that we give out, we put one of these tracks. Pretty awesome. Eileen Miyasato, we love you. You're an awesome woman of God. Barry, you're an awesome man of God. And we'll keep praying, and we'll keep 
claiming the victory. Claiming the victory. Yeah, I just want to mention that this outfit that Val's wearing here was modified by Auntie Eileen. So there's a little bit of Eileen just about everywhere. Yeah, she had to take things in a little bit in certain places and let things out in a little place. Because, you know, over all the 35 years since I was there, my body had rearranged itself. So <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Original costume. Okay, we're going we're gonna to shift gears and, and start wrapping up here. What we want to talk about now is something that we call the chicken line. We're actually going to talk about being released from the impediments and inhibitions, and we're going to actually talk about and pray for empowerment. In our home group, there was a, a woman named Lorraine Larzabal that came up with that word, the chicken line. And we all probably have faced it where we're prompted by the Holy Spirit, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and testify. Go ahead and tell them what God has done for you. And we have that decision to make, do we want to cross the chicken line or, no, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to say anything, at least not right now. Well, the, the deal is that Satan does not want us to be a witness for God. Right. He does not want us to make more sheep. He right. does not want us to bring people into the kingdom of God. So he lies. He attempts to steal. And in John 10.10, 10, it says that, that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But here's the kicker. There's an opportunity for us to gain the victory over Satan. As it says in Revelation in 12, 11, it says, and they, that's us, overcame and conquered him, that's Satan, because of the blood of the lamb. And that's the work that Jesus did on the cross. And what? And because of the word of our testimony. So we can get the victory through our testimony if we step over that chicken line. And it goes on to say, but they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. Even when faced with death, the Holy Spirit will give us the right words to say, it says in the Bible. Be, be aware of the power of lies and beware the power of lies. They are so destructive. They're, they are one of Satan's biggest tools. And as a licensed clinical psychologist, I work with getting those lies dug out of people over and over and over again and replacing it with truth. Those lies can do a whole bunch of things to your testimony. First of all, they create shame. Who are you to be God's tool? Who do you think you are? And the what ifs. What if I don't do it right? You ever heard these things going on in your head when the Holy Spirit's trying to prompt you to give your witness and your testimony? And there's fears. Well, what if I look bad? And by the way, I'm not going to fit in if I do this. What if I fail? And there's condemnation, self-condemnation as well as other people condemning us for what we believe. So what we need to do is we need to look to God. And God tells us in John 8, 32, you will know the truth. And here it is. The truth will set you free. Free to give that testimony. Oh, the truth about what? Well, first of all, who am I? Just who are you? Right? Satan says, well, you just tell him some of these. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm a child of God. I'm part of the true vine, a channel for Christ's life. 
I am an heir of God since I am a son of God. I am God's workmanship, his handiwork, born anew in Christ to do his work. And it goes on and on and on. There are scripture after scripture that tell us who we are in Christ. And I read that off of a piece of paper that long, long ago I found in a book. And it said, who am I in Christ? And it had all these scriptures. And I, I think probably all of you who have come to me and those in the community who have come to me, I, that's one of the first things I give you. Because it's important that we know who we are in Christ in order to free us up to be that person. And God gives us strength and courage. We don't have to conjure it up. Yeah, the Holy Spirit gives it to us. Strength and courage. And by the way, again... We're not supposed to fit in. Yeah, we're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to shine above the city. Okay? And remember, there's, no, there's now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And remember, God loves everyone. He doesn't want anyone to die and go to the pit of hell. He doesn't want that. He wants everyone to be saved. That's the importance that he places on getting the message to everyone. Everyone throughout the whole world needs to know that there's a different way of living and that they can be free in the truth. They can accept the Lord Jesus and be with him throughout all eternity, have eternal life. And the next slide should say, go and tell. <laughs> we want to be free. We want to be free to go and tell. Jesus healed this man that had a ton of demons inside of him. In fact, so many that they called him legion. He had a legion of demons inside of him. And then he said, the next scripture go back home and tell everyone how much God has done for you. And that man went all over town telling everything that Jesus had done for him. And that's Luke 8.39. Hopefully by now, you can see that God really wants us to shine. He wants us to go and tell everybody. To go and tell what God has done for us. He wants us to step across the chicken line. Don't let it stop you. Can I have the worship team go ahead and come back up? Because right now what we want to do is we realize that Satan has some of these lies embedded in us, and we want to release those lies, and we want to release any bondage and anything that is over any of us from telling the truth to the world. It's a dying world. God's heart is for that dying world. More and more we see it as this world is upside down, right? From what God wants us to be. So we're going to pray right now to release you all from anything that's in your way of giving your testimony. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are so grateful for this message that you've given to us today. Thank you, Lord, that we need to shine. We need to live you out loud. Live your truth. Live your word, your life 
to a dying world. So, Lord, things get in our way. We do become chicken sometimes. We do get anxious and, and fearful, and, and we're shamed by, by the lies from the pit of hell. Lord, release those lies now. We pray those lies to be released. We bind those lies in the name of Jesus Christ, and we release them out of this place never to hurt anybody and never to return. We replace it with the truth that we are God's treasured, valued creation, so treasured and so valued that he paid the price that we all could be with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for releasing us into the freedom of your truth and the ability and fullness of life and capability of sharing our witnesses and our testimony with this world. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that you would just come and be real to every person here. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know who you are, Lord, that you would make yourself real to them. That they would invite you in and say, I've, I'm, I'm had, had it with the lies. Come into my heart, Jesus, right now. Lord, I pray that you would just implant your Holy Spirit in each one of us right now to give us the boldness, to give us the words, to give us the confidence that you will never fail us, that you are good, and that you've been good to us, and that you love us. Lord, I just pray for an empowerment for people to speak the truth of what you have done in their lives. Lord, of your goodness to them, of your faithfulness throughout their entire life. Lord, I just pray that out of this, Lord, there would be lights that would go out into the darkness, into yeah. the places that you have placed each one of us, created each one differently for your purpose, yes. to do your bidding to advance your kingdom. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.